The All Things Techie Podcast is a product of the Extreme Media Network. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie. That's X-T-R-E-M-E media.ie. Audio visual from an Irish perspective. This is the All Things Techie Podcast. Welcome along. Welcome to 2021. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Hasn't started off the way we wanted to. It's the All Things Techie Podcast. I'm Justin Dawson. Away in episode 40 of the All Things Techie Podcast. It's January 2021, guys, and we thought the year would start off a bit better than what 2020 has brought us with COVID-19. But here we are. Here we are in lockdown here again in Ireland. Level five, not as bad as out of a lockdown as um, the first lockdown, because at least we can travel five kilometers. Hooray. But uh, the last lockdown was two kilometers and a bit more police presence, I believed, in the first lockdown and uncertainties. At least we know there's a vaccine coming slowly across Ireland. But it is scary times. We are probably one of the highest uh, number of cases um, and deaths is the highest number of uh, contact cases, I believe, in Europe at the moment. And um, also our death figure was 90 something today, which was incredible. And our hospitals are being overran at the moment. So um, fair play to all the frontline staff working through this pandemic. It's just crazy. And once more. Um, all the schools are shut, so we're going to be talking about that in upcoming episodes of working from home, trying to teach your kids and also work at the same time. And it's great fun when you have two children under the age of four years of age who want your attention all the time and uh, trying to get these podcasts out. But I have, I can promise you, some wonderful podcasts coming up in the next couple of weeks including Paul Dunn, who's from Polly. And we also have an interview with Jason Mulby and talking about um, how Zoom works with education. Don't miss that. That's a great episode. I could have spent a couple of hours speaking with Jason, but he was able to give me half an hour of his time. And that's coming up um, in episode 42 of the All Things Techie podcast. So don't miss that. Where to find us? You can find us um, on our website, www.allthingstech.ie uh, for All Things Techie. We have also changed service provider, um, which hopefully went seamless because Hopefully you haven't noticed that we changed service provider. As usual, if you want to watch us on YouTube, you can do so on our YouTube channel. And that is um, listed on our website, www.allthingstech.ie. Or if you YouTube the All Things Techie podcast, you probably find it at this stage. And we are also having changed our podcasting provider. That means that like it just was more beneficial because we're part of extreme media and extreme media have scouting radio as well so we decided to change the platform and hopefully a seamless uh, integration because it should be still available on itunes still available on all your podcast stores like spotify and wherever you get your podcast you should be able to find it and don't forget if you want to get your hands on one of our stickers 
the all things techie sticker i should hold it up the right way that way yeah otherwise we'd be in the ivory coast um the all things techie podcast sticker if you want to get your hands on one of them you just send us an email it's not coming up very well on on the green screen send us an email to comments at allthingstech.ie or you can tweet us at ab tech junkies and we will send you out one of those stickers free of charge yeah the the green doesn't come out yeah because i'm using a green screen yeah i don't actually have an office overlooking dublin city sorry i <laughs> i ruined the surprise there does this, does, this, does this technology not agreeing with you? Send us your queries. Visit www.allthingstech.ie Yeah, so we're going to be changing a bit of the actual layout of our program. So we are going to always be doing your technology queries. If you want to send us in technology queries and ask some professionals, we will get people to talk about the problems you are facing. Comments at allthingstech.ie. That's one uh, thing that we will be doing. We still will continue our Under the Spotlight series, um, talking to AV professionals about how they got into the world of AV. We have some great ones coming up very soon, including some Irish professionals who have just retired. That's all I can say about that. That's going to be a great episode. That's that's coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, we still have to record it in February, but it's February's only around the corner, guys. So that is an episode not to be missed as well. And then we also will be doing a technology roundtable, a tech roundtable every month. It's probably going to be the third recorded on the third Friday of every month. And we want anyone that wants to talk tech with us. And it's an open forum for about an hour. We'll edit it down so that we don't uh, insult any uh, tech companies or say anything bad. But like, it's going to be honest and f- from AV professionals talking about tech and what's happening in the tech arena. And is tech not agreeing with you? Well, tech's not agreeing with Donald Trump. God, tomorrow is... I'm recording this on... Uh, Tuesday night, so tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, Biden gets inaugurated. Countries in lockdown, the state is in lockdown. But what about all the social media <laughs> that he was using? Completely just going, no, we're going to block Donald Trump. It's not just an echo chamber anymore. Yesterday, conspiracy theorists, the alt-right, the far-right, QAnon followers and others stormed Capitol Hill and live-streamed it. Unleash the Kraken! Let's go! Hello, U.S. Senate. Yes, we have a fraudulent election, I would like to report. The man live-streaming this, for example, is called Tim Gianne. He's a white nationalist activist, better known as Baked Alaska. He was streaming everything yesterday on the blockchain service DLive. His YouTube channel was banned in October. Then there's Jake Angeli, who became globally famous for a time yesterday, a well-known QAnon follower who believes Trump is taking a stand against a secret society of Satanist pedophiles. This is like a global takeover. They're trying to create a new world order, right? First up, Donald Trump and his social media presence. He told them to come yesterday. He's been proclaiming January the 6th online as a day of reckoning for weeks now. On the 19th of December, tweeted, big protest in D.C. on January the 6th. Be there, will be wild. A few weeks later, he repeated this message again in capitals. 
and again on January the 1st with the hashtag StopTheSteal. Whatever happened to the old days where presidents of the United States of America had websites? Do you remember when Bill Clinton had a website and you could actually send him emails? I remember that when I was a young teenager, that you could actually send uh, Bill Clinton emails to his website address. And everyone thought it was cool that the president of the United States had a website that you could actually send emails to. Well, Donald Trump has been blocked by his favourite uh, social media, Twitter, has been slapping labels on Trump's posts since he won the 2020 election since November. The claim about election fraud is disputed. The platform did an attempt to limit his 88 million followers on Twitter from viewing or sharing such postings as it had in June for Trump's tweets labelling people demonstrating the result of the police killing of George Floyd as thugs. Fast forwarding to Wednesday, January the 6th, the platform locked Trump out of his account for 12 hours after the Capitol assault and said it would not return access until he deleted three tweets that violated its content policy. Two days later, following the uh, incendiary tweets from Trump, Twitter announced a permanent ban on his account. The platform also later suspended at POTUS, the official account for the presidency, and his at Team Trump campaign account after Trump attempted to try and skirt the ban. So two Twitter accounts belonging to pro-Trump lawyer Lynn Wood were permanently suspended on January the 7th over tweets that the platform said incited violence. One of the accounts at Fight Back Law was apparently being used to dodge the ban. Twitter flagged a Saturday tweet by Rudolph Giuliani that linked his appearance on the Stephen K. Bannon podcast War Room and attached this label, this claim of election fraud is disputed and the tweet cannot be replied to, retweeted or liked due to a risk of violence. Giuliani is Trump's personal lawyer and one of the loudest uh, proponents of the president's debunked election fraud narrative. And it goes, it goes on. So Twitter blocked him. Now, I thought Trump probably only uses Twitter, but then he was blocked on Facebook and Instagram. He was also blocked on YouTube, which I didn't think he would have that much content on YouTube, but maybe he did. He was then blocked on Amazon Web Services, cut the social media site Parler for over the weekend after that users uh, glorified the Capitol riot and violated its terms of service. Now, I've never heard of Parler before, and that's coming from a tech person, um, obviously being used by a lot of Trump campaigners and uh, protesters so amazon web services blocked it it was also blocked on apple and android devices on their app stores so i do believe as of since apple are talking about bringing it back to their store um interesting times ahead snapchat the social media platform permanently disabled trump's account on january the 14th citing concerns over the possible spread of hate speech and threats of violence reddit blocked them Twitch blocked them, Liquid Web blocked them, um, and it goes on. But like you would think that, like I said, once upon a time, presidents of the United States had websites. If he wanted to go down this route of inciting the fact that it was all election fraud, 
you think you would just create a website about it, wouldn't you? Of course, the Irish found a Stripe is to stop processing payments for Donald Trump's campaign website. Stripe will no longer process payments for the US President Donald Trump's campaign website, US media is reporting. The financial technology company processes payments for millions of online businesses, including tech giants like Google and Amazon, and was founded by Limerick brothers Patrick and John Collison. The company has also processed payments for Trump's campaign site, but will no longer do so, so, according to the Wall Street Journal. Well, that answers that. You know, you might want to have a website and promote a campaign to get re-elected um, in the next presidential election, but uh, Stripe will not be a way of paying. Maybe Bitcoin or um, PayPal? Will PayPal support these? Who, who knows? Um, from social media to WhatsApp and privacy, this was an interesting story. A lot of people saying that they were going to leave WhatsApp after we they reassure users of privacy as people flock to Signal and Telegram. WhatsApp has reassured users about the privacy of Facebook-owned messaging service as people flock to rivals Telegram and Signal following a tweak to its terms. There was a lot of misinformation about the update to the terms of services regarding an option to use WhatsApp to message businesses Facebook executive Adam Morseri uh, said, who heads Instagram, said in a tweet, WhatsApp's new terms sparked criticism as users outside Europe who do not accept the new conditions before the 8th of February will be cut off from the messaging app. The policy update does not affect the privacy of your messages with friends or family in any way. The update regards how merchants using WhatsApp to chat with customers can share data with Facebook which could be used the information for targeting ads according to the social network. We can't see your private messages or hear your calls and neither can Facebook, WhatsApp said in a blog post. So a lot of misinformation, a lot of people saying that I did have a couple of friends that said that they had left WhatsApp completely and were using Signal. Now I never use Signal, I don't know how it operates. Um, is it supposed to be more encrypted or silent or anonymous? There is a lot of anonymous apps, but I can't see is this really going to have an effect on WhatsApp um, and people that use WhatsApp? I think WhatsApp is too powerful. It boasts more than 2 billion users. People no longer want to exchange their privacy for free services, Durov said, without directly referring to the rival app. Encrypted messages app Signal has been a huge surge in demand, helped by a tweeted recommendation by renowned serial entrepreneur Elon Musk. Um, Signal sent a tweet last night that showed on Tuesday, it went from 10 million app installations to 50 million installations later that day. So maybe about 40 million people have left WhatsApp or are trying out Signal. But uh, out of 2 billion, I don't think it's going to have a big effect. In India, WhatsApp's biggest market with some 400 million users, the two apps gained around 4 million subscribers last week Financial Daily Mint reporter citing data from the research of Sensor Tower. WhatsApp has sought to reassure worried users in South Asian country by running full page adverts in newspapers proclaiming that respect for your privacy is coded into our DNA. And then some of the opposition's Telegram is a social media platform in a number of uh, countries, particularly in the former Soviet Union and Iran, and it's used for both private communications and sharing information and news. Uh, telecom, Telegram has become a refuge for those seeking private and secure communications platform and assured its new users that its team takes the responsibility very seriously. 
Well, would that be enough listeners for you to actually jump ship from WhatsApp? For me, no. I I have nothing to hide on WhatsApp. And um, do I believe that if I send a message to a friend that I'm going to see pop-up adverts um, and cookies saying to buy the latest car or whatever product that I might have mentioned in a WhatsApp tweet? I think more the likelihood is that my sparse home is listening to me if if anything and uh, that's where i might see stuff pop up what do you think are you paranoid about it let us know allthingstech.ie um for all things techie you can uh, contact us through the site you can tweet me directly at justin or dawson or you can uh, go on to ab tech junkies which is the show's twitter feed and you can send us tweets in there and you can also email us comments at allthingstech.ie the all things techie podcast subscribe like and share now this was an, an interesting article that a big rise in complaints about domestic cctv cameras data commissioner says um, in ireland there has been a big rise in the number of complaints relating to cctv cameras outside people's homes including it said the data protection commissioner has said helen dixon said uh, in an interview that domestic cctv is an issue that really bothers people we have seen a big rise in complaints from individuals whose neighbors have installed cctv cameras that are tr- trained beyond the perimeter of the of the neighbor's home dixon said she said that they are trained beyond this people acquire full obligations of data of a data controller now <laughs> this is interesting because I have a Google doorbell. I have a Google Nest doorbell, and it's a wide-angle camera, which captures the whole front of my garden. So, I'd say I would encroach on my neighbor's wall on either side, but and I can see my neighbor's car parked in the drive on my video doorbell. But I would imagine, and actually. I have caught thieves breaking into my neighbor's van across the road, which he was able to report to the guards, and the guards took some of my video. So, is this a good or bad thing, or is people complaining for the wrong reasons? If a CCTV camera is used solely by the people living in the home and doesn't capture a public space or a neighbor's property, it isn't subject to these obligations. However, if a person publishes that footage online or shares it on social media, they may be subject to the obligations of the data controller. Any person or organization that collects and processes people's personal data is considered a data controller, according to the DPC. Well, then, where does this leave the likes of Next, uh, who have a 24-7 security? Like, all my, my camera records 24-7 on my door. And it goes up to my cloud, which I have my own password. It's two-factor authentication. But who's at fault there? Is that Google? Or is that me saying that I want to have a recording, knowing that it's a wide-angle camera and it will capture the full front of my house across the street if my car wasn't parked in the drive and my neighbor's walls on either side? 
Personal data in this instance is a video recording which people can be identified. Asked about other common complaints her office has dealt with in recent months, Dixon said there has been a lot of contacts from employees feeling that they are being monitored electronically by their employers. Often there is much broader issues in the dispute, but what it comes down to is using CCTV in disciplinary processes, introducing turnstile tracking systems, and then using the clock in, clock out information in disciplinary processes and monitoring of employees through electronic means. Well, I think with everyone working from home, I don't think they're going to have that much of a clock in, clock out system uh, for, during these turnstiles at the moment. And, you know, <laughs> it's interesting, it's, you know, there is, there's new laws that's being brought into Ireland and hopefully passed through the government, which allow people to request working from home. I will definitely be taking advantage of um, working from home. Like, like, like our show, don't forget to subscribe to All Things Techie in your favorite podcast store. Now, event industry in Ireland offers help to deal with the mass vaccination rollout the Event Industry Association of Ireland has written to the Taoiseach to offer the industry skills and resources to assist in planning the mass vaccination rollout. What's the Taoiseach? The Irish Prime Minister, in case some of our American listeners are wondering what a Taoiseach is. Elaine O'Connor, the co-founder of the representative group, said that the events industry has the relevant expertise and aid the rollout of mass vaccination centres across the country. It makes sense, O'Connor said. We have thousands of people in the industry literally sitting around doing nothing. It's horrible to sit by knowing that there are so many experts, so much infrastructure to roll this out quickly. Yesterday afternoon, the association submitted a letter by email to Michal Martin, Health Minister, and Stephen Donnelly, Chief Medical Officer Tony, Dr. Tony Hulan, and the HSE CEO, Paul Reid. O'Connor said no response has been received as of the, this publication from the journal, which was January the 11th, 2021. O'Connor said there was, uh, the government's vaccine rollout plan states that the mass ramp up of vaccinations will take place in the second phase of the rollout. Mass vaccination centres are expected to be brought in for this vaccine availability increases and there's more people are eligible to receive the jab. These centres are already in use in other countries with England opening its first ones today in locations including the race a race course a football stadium and a tennis club examples of the sites for mass vaccination centers in the future are city west and the national exhibition center in uh, Clogran and the option of using university campuses as mass vaccination centers have also been raised I think that's a fabulous idea you know it <laughs> we do have like places like the Convention Center in Dublin, that's massive, that um, has been used for most of our government um, meetings recently for social distancing instead of the doll. Um, I think that's a fabulous idea. You know, coming up next on the Old Things Techie podcast, we are going to be talking about CES 2021 that went virtual and what the best toys were and things to see at CES 2021. The All Things Techie Podcast is a product of the Extreme Media Network. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie. That's X-T-R-E-M-E, media.ie. Now, CES 2021 took place 
and the best and the strangest new gadgets from CES 2021. I was trying to get my hands on a press ticket, seeming the fact that I write for the Higher Ed AV magazine and I do a lot of podcasting and I have a quite a large Twitter following. But you know what? It was like Goldust trying to get a media pass to virtual CES 2021. And I was a bit disappointed with that, to be quite honest. So what do you do? You go on YouTube and you find out the information a couple of hours later. I wasn't going to pay for a ticket to CES 2021, especially when it was virtual. You know what? Maybe one of these days I'll get to CES and buy myself a physical ticket and see it in person. But virtually, I wasn't going to pay for it, especially when most of the material will be made by the developers of the product and posted on social media, YouTube, free of charge to view shortly afterwards. Sorry, guys. CES 2021 should have been free of charge. Every other event was free. I don't understand why they paid for it. That's my personal opinion. I don't know if people agree with me or not. But hopefully, you know, people will tweet and... Uh, comment on what I've just said. CS2021 may be absent in the blinding lights of the sun and the slots of Las Vegas, Nevada this year, but the digital event is still a watch with tech goodness and some tech badness. Um, Sony brought out a new drone and nothing more to remind the world about the creators. Every time cameras come up in conversation with this first drone from Sony, the Air Peak, which can fly an alpha mirrorless camera around, we say, fair enough. Design for professional film and video production is due this spring. Um, I, and here is a couple of photos and a video. Now, it seems that we're going to go down the route again of glasses and wearables. Forget the not-so-quite-ready-yet smart glasses. These specs are genuinely clever, and they're called the Voy Tunable Glasses, or Tunable Glasses. Um, US startup Voy's uh, can be adjusted from minus 5D to plus 2D if your prescriptions fall into that range. You can wear the same pair for reading, driving, working and viewing things at a distance. Each of the lens is controlled by a small dial at the top of the frame. These adjusted placements in turn from polycarbonate plates which slide across each other in uh, turn tweaking the strength of the lenses. The tunables also offer UV and blue light protection and anti-reflection to finish. I like that idea. I like that idea. You know, it's Ninny it's Ninny being your own optician and just going bloop 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 bloop. Um yeah, okay. Uh starting at seventy-nine dollars is a is a yeah. Okay. Uh the LG Rollable is a phone that lives up to its name, arriving in the a display that extends via rolling out to a larger size, similar to the company's LG Rollable or X T V. So in other words, it's a rollable mobile phone. Have a look at this. Uh, budget TV maker TCL has also ventured into the new rollable landscape with its own 6.7 inch phone that rolls into a 
inch tablet. Uh, TCL is clearly well invested in this area, having previously showcased a 17 inch printing, printed extending OLED display, which looks like not unlike a digital treasure map. I like that idea. Dell has revealed a new set of monitors for the working from home boom, especially if you're tied into Microsoft's home working ecosystem. The 24, 27 and 34 inch monitors come equipped with a pop-up webcam, protecting your privacy when not in use. And the largest version features a snazzy curved display. Um, <laughs> this is, I, I remember when the COVID-19 a pandemic really started hitting off in Europe and America that I joked about face masks and whether we're going to see really crazy face masks from you know custom designs or whatever well CES has a load of ones to solve the inherent problems of making or taking calls while wearing a face mask Hong Kong based Binatone has created the mask phone this mask combines a machine washable fabric mask with an N95 filter built-in mic uh, along with integrated earbuds costing $50 controls buttons are even added to the front so you can increase and decrease volume and make calls or play music once you have synced the Binephone's mobile app you can even go you can even command Alexa or Google Assistant to do your bidding through this product Binatone says the built-in microphone and lightweight earbuds provide crystal clear audio and um, <laughs> there you go with that um, and if, if you like working from home and gaming, what about the Razer Project Brooklyn? A dream too many and an unnecessary extravagance to many more. Project Brooklyn is certainly a concept to draw the tech enthusiast's attention. The gaming chair looks like it would be your couch potatoes idea of heaven with trays that fold out for your keyboard and mouse or even some of those pivotal stacks to provide game fuel. The table is certainly the most impressive folding aspect of the chair with a 60 inch rollout curved OLED display that emerges from its peak to provide you with wide angle viewing scape. Imagine even just using that for business or a zoom call and you have a 60 inch rollout curved OLED display that uh, pretty much curves around your head as you sit in this chair. Um, have a look at that, some of the photos, absolutely crazy. Uh, don't want to even guess how much that is retailing for. We're going to stick up the some of the links on our show notes and you can visit our show notes at www.allthingstech.ie. So there you have it. That is episode uh, 40 of the All Things Techie podcast. Please like, share, subscribe, visit some of our old podcasts and um, some great material coming up in episode 41 and 42 and even 43 of the All Things Techie podcast. They're in the bag, released shortly, but I appreciate if you like the program that you go over and you will also vote for me in the AV Nation Reader's Choice Awards for 2021, where I am down for AV Professional of the Year and uh, against the legend that is Chris Nisho. Um, I really hope that <laughs> I get enough votes to beat him, but uh, it's just such a pleasure to be in the finals again. Thank you all to all my supporters and everything. And uh, please do go over and vote. I really appreciate it. Talk to you next time. All the best. 
The All Things Techie Podcast is a product of the Extreme Media Network. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie. That's X-T-R-E-M-E, media.ie.